It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. As always, you can find this show on podcast apps like Himalaya or Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you prefer. And if you don't prefer any podcast apps because they're clunky, or if you drive in your car and listen to podcasts and don't want to be looking at your phone, you can always just ask your smart device like Siri or Alexa to play podcast Locked on Vikings. So there's not a whole lot of news to talk about today, so we can go straight to our little 90-man series. Uh, A little bit more about Kyle Rudolph. Apparently the Vikings talked to the Patriots, which we all probably could have guessed if we were asked to. Uh, And there's a couple other things going on league-wide. Gerald McCoy was released, and that's interesting. Some signings. But let's just skip over all of that and go directly to the 90-man series. If you have not been paying attention to this show, for one, welcome back, glad to have you. And for two, we have been doing a little series here where we talk about every single player on the 90-man, all the way from Everson Griffin and Kirk Cousins, all the way down to rookie tryouts, undrafted free agents, and people you've never heard of, to go over their background a little bit, who they are, where they came from, what they're fighting for in the preseason, and maybe give you a little bit of context about why Luke is freaking out in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game. So today, we are going to start off with a bang, and let's talk about Xavier Rhodes. So I understand that most of you guys know his story pretty intimately. Like, you know, that, all right, he was drafted out of Florida State. He was a first-round draft pick. He struggled a little bit. They put boxing gloves on him. Mike Zimmer gave him a bunch of tough love. Now he's good, and then he wasn't very good last year. But still, like, pretty good, but just not as good as usual, and we'll see what happens. Blah, blah. That, that's not what we're really going to talk about. I actually want to take you way further back with Xavier Rhodes all the way into his recruiting process coming out of high school because in high school Xavier Rhodes played wide receiver and over the course of college you know position changes from things like wide receiver to cornerback or gaining weight losing weight and stuff that's all really common um, but with Xavier Rhodes it's it's a big decision right like it's things that people do to get in the NFL all the time but you know, you're 18 and you were a wide receiver and, and you are taking offers from a whole bunch of schools. FSU is far and away the best, but they want to move you to corner. And what if you don't make the transition? What if you can't learn it? What if everything you learn in high school is, is too important and giving all of that up, you know, you, you can't develop and you flame out of college and, and you're, you know, you never make it to the next level. It's a risky play, but he ends up taking it and he says, all right, I'll go, I'll learn corner. I'll, I'll do what I have to do. And there's a great story, I'll link all this in the show notes, but there's a great story about him from his time in in FSU as a senior who is now like blossomed into this shutdown corner. And he's practicing against this wide receiver who is kicking his butt. And of course, he's never played corner before, right? Like, of course, he's getting his butt kicked. But this receiver's talking. And he's, like, waving over to the coach, like, hey, give me a real corner. I need to practice against a real corner. And I remember, it it brings me back, this is such a weird uh, parallel, but it brings me back to this moment in the 2016 preseason when the Vikings and Bengals were practicing together. And Pac-Man Jones was like going up against Adam Thielen and was like, oh, I need a real receiver. Stop getting these like scrubs that aren't going to make the team. And it was Adam Thielen, but it was like two seconds before Adam Thielen broke out. Nobody knew who he was yet and stuff. And it was just this like amazing cold take. And I feel like it's the same moment. But, you know, Xavier Rhodes takes it really personally. And he's like, I want, I couldn't handle that. Like I, I, I channeled it and I was like, I have to get better. I have to earn, earn everybody's respect. And he wasn't much of a talker on the field until recently. If you remember, like, 2013, 2014, everybody kind of saw him as, like, this quiet storm brewing. 
And I think that this moment had a lot to do with it. It's like, it's humbling, right? You're like this, you know, highly touted prospect. You go to a big D1 school, blue-blooded, Florida State, all kinds of great players come out of there. And within like eight seconds, you're getting your butt handed to you by somebody who's way better at this than you. And you realize you have so much growth to do. And even throughout college, and, and like he blossoms into this crazy shutdown corner, right? And if you were paying attention to the draft in 2013, you knew that this kid was like, yeah, he's a first round draft pick status guy. Like he's a total superstar at a big school. And, and even through all that, he like understands like, no, I have work to do. And I think getting drafted, I wouldn't be surprised if like you, you come in as a quiet rookie, right? Like I'm not getting my butt handed to me like that again, but sure enough, he gets drafted by the Vikings, right? Was it 23rd overall or something? And he has to play his rookie year. And if you remember that 2013 defense, that was the Allen Williams, like blows a lead in every game here. And he was a part of that. So, you know, even if a lot of it was like the fault of other players, like that's still really humbling. And he was not without his own rookie mistakes, but then enter 2014 and Mike Zimmer and, and Rhodes and Zimmer have this really special relationship. And I can always tell when somebody like hasn't been following the team or, or like wasn't, wasn't closely following the team in 2014 when they see the way that Mike Zimmer talks about Xavier Rhodes, like this, there's another quote going around now about like, he has to play up to his contract and like specifically with him and Rhodes. And I think he, he and Barr have this same relationship, but Mike Zimmer and, and Xavier Rhodes have a really special bond. And it starts here in 2014 when he is a young corner who has only been playing this position for like four years, doesn't really know what he's doing, has all kinds of things to learn, has all the athletic potential in the world, but still like is pretty raw for an NFL player. And Mike Zimmer basically gets to come in and mold this and he wants to work and he has the right attitude about it. And he does things wrong and and Zimmer curses him out and like yells at him and in that classic Zimmer way. But the way that Xavier describes it is like, Hey, yeah, coach and I have an understanding. You know, like I understand that when he's saying that to me, it's not because he wants me to feel bad. It's because that's his way of communicating to me that I need to do better. And I understand that and I don't take it personally. And I just take it as as a note and a constructive criticism and move on, even though Zimmer is really bad at the constructive part of that. And that's where you get all those, you know, zany stories. Like he got a bunch of holding penalties in the first half of 2015. So Zimmer puts boxing gloves on him and then he turns into a shutdown corner. And then like 2016 and 2017, he's just a god. And then he falls back to earth in 2018. He's like injured the whole time. I still think that he played all of last year with a a lingering injury. That's why he left every game. And and this is what bothered me. So I'm calling people out. If you said this, you should think about your priorities because like he would get hurt in the middle of games in 2018 and people would call him soft or lazy or that he doesn't want to be in the game. And I think he was nursing the same injury or a couple different injuries and he kept trying to play through it, which is the opposite of soft. It's tough almost to a fault. It's reckless. And then he would obviously wouldn't be able to continue because he would aggravate the injury and make it worse instead of just sitting out and healing. And, and then his performance would suffer and all that stuff. I think he was hurt all year. And I think the corner that he was in 2016 and 2017 in the back half of 2015 is much more re- reminiscent of who he is than in 2018. And, and 2016 was kind of a shaky year too. There were definitely spotty parts. There was the whole DB mutiny thing. That was more of a Terrence Newman story. Um, but, you know, he's had his kind of ups and downs with the team. And ultimately he's, you know, signed his big contract. So it's not like he has a lot to play for. It's not, there's not a lot of stake for at stake for Xavier Rhodes, except obviously the team goals of winning a championship and whatnot. So he can afford to kind of sit back and take it easy, just try to stay healthy. So I am going to step away for an ad break, and when I come back, we will talk about the other two people on the docket. I will see you all in a second. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors 
over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code Locked in NBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. All right, moving on. Let's talk about first quarterback of this series it, it surprises me that we've taken so long to get here but I kind of picked these like at random and on whims and I guess we haven't gotten to a quarterback yet so let's talk about Kyle Sloter. Sloter is a backup quarterback contender out of northern Colorado I guess that's what I will call him and I want to take you back to his first year at Southern Mississippi, which is not where he ended up playing most of his college career. So, you know, there's a weird story about to happen. So Kyle Sloter redshirted his freshman year, as many quarterbacks do. And at Northern Colorado, this is not a, a Alabama or Oklahoma type school. So redshirting and, and playing here, like he's already kind of behind the eight ball. And just, and just remember, like, keep that in the back of your mind, the context of all of these things happening and all these machinations are at this particular level of college football where very few NFL scouts are actually looking. So he redshirts his first season and maybe that was a bad idea because they go 0-12 and they fire their coach. And Northern Colorado has a whole overhaul and they bring in a new coach who is not as keen on Kyle Sloter and he ends up starting on fourth on the depth chart in his sophomore year. And, and for Sloter, for a lot of players, when you get to this point, if you sit there and you're like, I'm going to be a good teammate and the best backup I can be, you are never going anywhere. So you have to find a way to get into new horizons. Like you have to find a way to get somewhere else and, and to get on the field and showcase your skills. Some players will transfer, some players will try to move positions, or they'll try to set something up. Some people will go to JUCO. There's a lot of options for college students who want, or, you know, college athletes who, like, want a chance to start, even though they're buried on the depth chart by somebody their coach likes more, but none of those options are good. And for Kyle Sloter, he decided he was going to try out at receiver. He went to the coaches and he said, I want to be on the field however I can. Put me at receiver. Watch me work. And they laughed him out of the room at first, and then they actually gave him a chance low on the depth charts is that they said okay we'll put you in some drills we'll see what you think and he actually worked his way up and actually played a little bit so he's playing receiver at southern mississippi against all odds he's on the field like he wanted to and then the coaching staff decided they're going to revoke his scholarship because they want bigger bodied tight ends and and he doesn't fit the bill anymore so they're revoking his scholarship they're putting that money elsewhere and sorry kyle sloter we never really liked you anyways so he is again like completely screwed remember the context of all of this is happening at a lower level of football this is northern colorado is deciding he's not good enough to play on their team not like florida so he decides to transfer and he you know to stay eligible he goes to northern colorado where he ends up like actually playing most of the quarterback that he ends up playing 
And and he goes there and they say, okay, yeah, yeah, come here, come play for us. You can be our quarterback. We won't do what Southern Mississippi did to you. And then they do what Southern Mississippi did to him and put him at receiver. So he's stuck at receiver again. But hey, he's on the field and he was willing to take that at Southern Miss. So he takes that here and that's all just all well and good. And then finally, senior year, he gets his break. And I, I call it a break for him, but obviously it's horrible for the other guy. Quarterback in front of him gets hurt and he finally gets a chance to come in and start. And uh, by the way, this a lot of this is coming from Sam Ekstrom, an- another Zone Coverage article of his. He was the former host of this podcast. I'll link his work in the show notes. Uh, I-, I love the pieces that he does during training camp, and I end up citing a bunch of them. Um, so Kyle Slaughter comes in, and he starts, and he plays well enough to maybe get a shot, but he's a realistic kid, and he understands that, like, listen, I, I was at, like— second tier schools like Southern Miss and Northern Colorado, and they wouldn't even let me play. And when I did play, I only played 10 games. No NFL team is going to think that I have anything under the hood. And I do, and I know I do, but I understand that no teams are going to think that I do. So like, I'm not getting drafted and I'm just going to start, you know, getting ready for my career in finance. So he does, he goes into his career in finance and, and those people say like, Hey, Hey, don't give up on your dreams just yet go figure out like what the NFL has for you. So he goes and, and sure enough, the Denver Broncos have an undrafted free agent deal for him. And he ends up playing the 2017 preseason with the Denver Broncos. And, and he plays really well. Like he actually stands out and turns heads and he actually gets like national headlines is like, you know, the third team sleeper that you might want to keep an eye out for. And he plays really, really well. But unfortunately in 2017, the Broncos have a really weird quarterback situation. They still had Trevor Simeon on the roster. They had just drafted Paxton Lynch the year earlier, and Brock Osweiler had come back and signed with the team for a second stint. So that kind of fills out their roster. And as good as a preseason darling is, like those guys all had pretty deep ties to the organization as like starters or former starters or potential future starters as as they hoped Paxton Lynch would become. So no room on the Broncos. They try to get him on on their practice squad, but the Vikings step in and say, no, 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 I want Kyle Sloter on my practice squad. So they actually get into a bidding war over this guy. And while he was about to go take like a a starter entry job in the financial sector, now he's got two NFL teams bidding over his services, even though it's a practice squad deal. Like that's still a solid chunk of money for like showing up to the scout team and like getting picked on by NFL corners all day. So he goes and, and plays out the 2017 season. Uh, on the practice squad. So fast forward to 2018 when he's actually ready to suit up and play football in a Vikings uniform. And there was a little bit of a battle going on between him and Trevor Trevor Simeon at the time. And I remember being at camp and watching them both kind of struggle. And throughout the preseason, Trevor Simeon just looked like trash, right? I think you might remember that, watching that preseason going like, oh my goodness, this is our backup. Please stay healthy, Kirk Cousins. And Kyle Slaughter would come in and actually had some late game heroics and, and had like a really interesting... Uh, touchdown to BB in the the Broncos game and like some other moments throughout the preseason that like he actually looked like he still had it and he looked like the same guy we saw in the Broncos preseason so you know that that's like not a fluke but John Elway told him this and I'm sure like a lot of old guard like NFL people think this way that like yeah 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 against the third team in the preseason like that's all well and good but let's see what happens when you get into a real game but that might not ever happen because Kyle Sloter's entire time in the NFL has been dominated by people that don't believe in him, by coaches and GMs and personnel people that don't think that he is worthy of a roster spot or an opportunity. But this is now probably the best opportunity that Kyle Slaughter has ever had because he is not going up against somebody that the team spent any draft capital on. He is not buried on the depth chart behind somebody that the team is invested in. His primary competition for the backup quarterback role is Sean Mannion. 
who the Vikings signed in uh, in the wake of free agency to a, a deal that is nearly the vet minimum and basically have like invested as little as possible in that position. And essentially now you have a battle between Kyle Sloter and Sean Mannion for the backup job. And what's more, the Vikings have kept three quarterbacks on the roster throughout most of the time that Mike Zimmer has been the head coach here. So even if he does lose the battle, he still might have a really good chance at a roster spot. But I think Sean Mannion is probably the easiest competition that Kyle Sloter has had to this point. And so this is a bit of a prove-it moment for him. If he can play again well in the preseason and earn that backup job, that might mean a bigger payday down the road as somebody that a team entrusted to be their backup. You know, the guy that says, ah, you're one ankle tweak away from carrying the franchise. If the Vikings declare, yeah, we trust Kyle Sloter to be that, even if all it takes to do that is to beat out Sean Mannion, other teams will see that move and apply that to their evaluations. They'll say, oh yeah, the Vikings trusted him to be the backup. Maybe we should pay him $2 million. And there might actually be a future. And on the other hand, this might be the one year that the Vikings don't keep three quarterbacks because it might not be worth keeping like the loser of the Sean Mannion Kyle Sloter battle on for a roster spot versus like the 10th offensive lineman or somebody else you might want to hang on to. So I don't think Kyle Sloter has everything on the line right now because he still might get that roster spot or at least like another practice squad opportunity somewhere or something. But there's a lot on the line for Kyle Sloter and he definitely has to play up and and realize the potential that so many, you know, this is now the, the third season that somebody has invested in him. So before I step away to the next ad break real quick, I just want to mention the Himalaya podcasting app. It's a podcast app that curates playlists for you and your interests so that you can help make sense of all of the crazy volume of podcasts out there. There's just so much to sift through and Himalaya can help you. Go check it out. Download Himalaya. Subscribe to Locked on Vikings. See what you think. I will see you all in a second. Okay, moving on. So let's talk about the recruiting process for Brandon Dillon. This is somebody you may have already forgotten. He was one of the undrafted free agent rookies that came in this year. He comes from Marion. He's a very small school, very small name kid, but he comes in and maybe compete for a practice squad slot, or if there's a Kyle Rudolph trade or some weird machination in the tight end room, maybe there is a third roster spot he could compete with Tyler Conklin over. But by and large, he's just kind of auditioning to see if he can't get on someone's practice squad and try to get an opportunity next year where the room is a little bit more open. But taking you back to the recruiting process, So he wasn't very highly recruited at all. He was like 205 pounds. He wanted to play tight end. That's way too small. So colleges weren't that interested. He had a few quote unquote preferred walk-on opportunities in the Big Ten, and that wasn't it. And, And there's really been a theme in this particular episode of Locked on Vikings of risk. You know, Xavier Rhodes took a risk. He wanted, he took the big school and, and the position switch that came with it. Kyle Sloter took an opportunity that was subpar to him, playing a position that he's not a natural ad at a school that doesn't exactly make a huge difference just so he could stay in a football uniform and be available when the starting quarterback went down and it paid off for both of them but I think Brandon Dillon is the other side of this coin he's the guy that didn't take the risk because I think the risky move like the risk reward move would have been to go to the Big Ten and try to walk on right if you don't make it you're just a whatever major now at that Big Ten school and it's still a reasonable education but you're not getting your NFL dream or you could go to Marion where you're a superstar And he went for Marion, where he could go be a superstar, and he even says, he's like, I wanted to try to win a championship. And I think he didn't really care if it was the D1 or the D2 championship, but he wanted to go somewhere where he could competitively win games and be a part of it, not just sit on the bench and be able to say at some point, yeah, here's the team photo of the Wisconsin Badgers. There I am in the corner. I never played. I think he wanted a little bit of glory. He wanted to say, like, I was the guy that was there propelling the team forward. And propel he did. He was 
unbelievable at Maryland at Marion, obviously, right? Like he wouldn't be here if it weren't for a, a pretty substantial performance at the D2 level. You have to look like you don't belong there. That's kind of the way that I've chosen to like describe uh, the, the way that you have to play amongst lesser competition to show out to an NFL team. You have to look like you don't belong there. So he has this like illustrious career at Marion. Very importantly, he also puts on like 10 pounds a year. So by the time he's actually ready to start, you know, showing up for like NFL workouts and pro days and stuff, he uh, he weighs like 250. And that's a much more palatable tight end weight. But even by his sophomore year, you know, there are NFL scouts hanging out at Marion, all right, who's around, who is this? And they start to notice Brandon Dillon, and he starts to kind of stick out amongst this crowd. And he actually gets an invite to the 2018 Collegiate Bowl, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and actually gets a chance to to prove himself there. That's a smaller event, but it's a, a, a way to go play around actual NFL caliber talent, you know, draftable guys, and see how you stick out. And then he goes and he gets an agent, a guy by the name of Buddy Baker. And this ends up to be a really important coincidence because Buddy Baker graduated from Purdue, which is right where Marion is in like West Lafayette, Indiana. So he ends up with a a, a tie-in to Purdue and they end up allowing him to work out at the Pro Day where a lot of teams are in attendance at Purdue's Pro Day, including the Minnesota Vikings, and they get their look at him there. And really, like, everywhere Brandon Dillon's name goes, he ends up being the kind of the unique guy that, like, kind of shouldn't be where he is. And Marion, he shouldn't be there. He should be in the Power Five, right? He should be in the Big Ten, though his opportunities there were as a a walk-on, and that means that his career probably would have been, like, kind of heavily throttled, and maybe he wouldn't have even made it on the team if things went bad, and if he got a bad ankle injury at the wrong time, it could have been totally nothing. But still, he that's a guy that, like, the, the world has, has deemed eligible to try out at Wisconsin and, and Ohio State and Michigan and all that. And here he is playing at Marion, you know, kicking butt. And, you know, he's he's the only small school guy to be able to work out at the, the Purdue Pro Day. It's all Boilermakers except for this random kid that they let work out and let, you know, kind of show up in front of all the NFL scouts and show what he can do. And he actually catches the eye, at least, of the Minnesota Vikings. And now he enters a room where he, again, is kind of a, a, a an anomaly. You know, you've got Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama, you have Kyle Rudolph from Notre Dame, you even have Tyler Conklin, he's from Central Michigan. Like, that's not a huge school, but it's at least one that, like, gets guys drafted every once in a while. And here's Brandon Dillon, who kind of might have just hit a brick wall. This is kind of, I, I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the segment, but, you know, he is entering a situation that is tremendously difficult. Brandon Dillon has to contend with Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Conklin, and Irv Smith just to get even a prayer at the roster. And undrafted free agents don't typically make the roster anyways. And, oh, and David Morgan, of course. Uh, but, so there's like, like four guys in front of him that are pretty deeply entrenched. And even if Tyler Conklin like fails and messes up, and it does seem like Kevin Stefanski likes him. He actually gave uh, Tyler Conklin more snaps as Kevin Stefanski took over for John Filippo, and that's a, a really good sign for him, you know, plus Rudolph and Smith and Morgan. But I think Brandon Dillon just needs to hold out because the tight end room is going to be a little bit easier next year, assuming Kyle Rudolph does just play out his deal and walk like I'm predicting that he will. And that means that there's going to be one extra spot. And maybe, you know, you have, now you have a third tight end spot between the guy who was just on the practice squad last year and Tyler Conklin, who's been the third tight end. And you you get to kind of like try that battle once this year and then try it for real again next year. Brandon Dillon has to play the long game because he's in a brick wall right now. He is not making the roster. That's a pipe dream. That would be unbelievable. And, And maybe Maybe he does, you know, play like way out and he totally should have been like recruited higher than he should have. And and he becomes this awesome story, as would all of these undrafted free 
agents, these awesome, like, underdog stories that are all lovable and stuff. But assuming that doesn't happen and he doesn't make the roster, all he's got to do is stick on the practice squad. Get on the practice squad, say no to other teams because your opportunity is coming, and, and just wait out for the 2020 tight end room to shake out because that room is going to look a lot different. And, you know, unless... Kyle Rudolph gets extended, then you kind of get bit by this. But if I'm Brandon Dillon, I'm betting against that. Just look, just reading the tea leaves. But even that like, kind of goes to show and like highlight a, a weird situation that a lot of these undrafted guys are in. Like you're an afterthought in, in the terms, in terms of like team building and, and like high level roster stuff, right? Like the Vikings are not going to make the Kyle Rudolph decision based on what it does to Brandon Dillon's career, but it means everything to Brandon Dillon's career because it's going to completely shape what sorts of tight end rooms he's going to try to make. There's only really room for three, maybe four tight ends on the Vikings if they like Tyler Conklin enough. And for Brandon Dillon to ever have a shot at this roster, he either has to beat out Tyler Conklin and then hope that the Vikings keep a fourth tight end even after he just beat out Tyler Conklin, and that's going to be a very, very difficult thing to accomplish as an undrafted rookie. Or you just kind of have to wait and hope that the Kyle Rudolph situation resolves itself in a way that's favorable to you. And you have to also understand that you, that the team is setting up a situation for you to succeed or fail without any consideration at all given to what that actually means for you. So he's just kind of sitting there at the mercy of it, and you just have to hope you get on the practice squad and and you outlast someone and you get a better shot at another time. Or for a lot of these practice squad type or undrafted free agent types, you're just kind of showing out and hoping that some other team picks up your tape that maybe does have room for you on their practice squad or on their roster. You know, you, you if you play well enough, but similarly to the Kyle Sloter story, you know, he's kind of the poster child for this, or at least on the Vikings roster. Like if, if there isn't enough room for you on the roster you're trying out for, maybe somebody else does have room for you and sees your tape and wants to try to go and pursue you. And then that's kind of Brandon Dillon's only hope as much as he's been a standout. I, I think not taking the risky path and not trying to get into the big 10 and showing off that power five talent might've put him in a, in a situation where he just cannot crack into an NFL team until he fails to make this one. And then he's got to hope somebody else picks him up and go through it all again. So that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Vikings. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening. Thank you so much for downloading Himalaya and subscribing to Locked on Vikings on there. Please go do it. It helps us a whole bunch. As always, in the meantime, until the next episode, you can find me at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. You can find the show at Locked on Vikings on Twitter. You can find us on Himalaya or any of the other podcast apps you like. And if you don't like podcast apps, ask your smart device to play podcast Locked on Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow. And until then, as always, skull. Hey, Locked on Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked on Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.